Hello, hello, hello. Hey guys, this is Alice and welcome to Protect Your Glow, the podcast. I am back with another episode for you today titled Six Months Check-In. Hello, grief. Super proud of myself because I normally don't get to do two podcasts back to back like this. So I am excited to, you know, to even do that. I'm challenging myself to do more. So here I am. And today's topic is a bit somber for me. Um, you know, I'm talking about grief. That's never easy to do, but nevertheless, uh, it must be done. And uh, it also helps me too to really spread out my thoughts and maybe help someone that's going through the same thing that I'm going through. Because as we know, with grief, it's never an easy topic. It's not a feeling. That, it's not a feeling that easily goes away. So um, we must address it. And it's okay for you to feel pain. It's okay for you to question things. Um, we just need to try our best to um, always take that step forward and so that's what I hope to help you do today Um, before I begin I want to apologize for my last podcast where I ended a bit early I'm just using this new audio recording thing and I'm not very good at it so um, I guess I pressed the button that paused it or whatever but um, I want to apologize for that. and But thank you guys for sticking in there and listening to what I had to say. I appreciate it. And uh, one more thing. I've, I'm not one to check the stats of my podcast. I think my husband asked me once. He was like, so, like, how much people are listening to you? Or do you know who's listening to you? You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't know how to check that. And he was like, don't tell me you don't know how to check that. Because if you can create a podcast, you can check the stats. So he pushes me really to um, be my best self, which I really appreciate. Um, when I doubt myself, he's like, no, like you're gonna, you're gonna get it done. So I went ahead and checked my stats for the first time in a year. I think I started this podcast June of 2016. So yeah, it's been a year. It's been an awesome, thrilling ride to know that over 300 people listen to my podcast. It's like, whoa, that's crazy. I did not know that. So thank you guys. And I just started. So it's like, wow. And I really started this podcast as a way to, uh, you know, like I said, it's my virtual journal. It's a way for me to document um, the things that I have questions about and maybe in hopes of helping someone else. But never in my wildest dream did I think that my podcast was being heard in the UK, in Haiti, to all my Haitians, um, in Canada, South Africa, India, France, Ghana, Belgium and Venezuela and of course the majority of my listeners are in the USA but man this is just crazy to know that people all over the world are listening to me so I want to say hey to everybody thank you so much for listening to me I appreciate every single one of you thank you for taking the time to press play and um, if you guys have any questions for me you can always reach me on social media I am at Protect Your Glow on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and um, on Snapchat. I am at Alice, A-L-I-C-E-M-A-R-E-U-S, Alice Marius. You can uh, go ahead and send me a snap there. Send me your questions there. You can reach me via email. It is protectyourglow at gmail.com. That's P-R-O-T-E-C-T-Y-O-U-R. G-L-O-W at gmail.com. Be more than happy to take your questions there and answer any questions you guys may have. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's topic. So 
This one, like I said before, is titled Six Months Check-In, Hello Grief. Now, periodically, um, you might hear me pause because I'm trying to check into this podcast or check into the audio recording just to make sure that what happened last time didn't happen. So we're good there. I see that we're good there. So I will continue. Um, And for those of you who don't know, last year I lost my father. His death was on November 23rd, 2016. And this year is going to make it seven months on June 23rd since we um, lost our father. I say we because it's me and I have about, uh, well, a lot of siblings. So we lost our father. And my father was actually the first person in my family that I was close to that passed away. I've never experienced anyone that I was close to in my family passing away so and I didn't even know like how to put those feelings into perspective if you dig into the archives you will um I think one of the archives is titled hello grief so if you listen to that podcast it talks about how I just didn't know like how to feel or what to feel and so I turned to books I turned to the internet just to read about grief, learn about death. Because it was like, as sad as it was, it was also a moment of learning for me. Because I try to turn every lesson in my life as a learning period. And I think that uh, going through grief is a learning process in itself. Because it really shows you like what's really important. And you'll hear in the archives, if you take the time to listen to it, I just talked about how um, my father and I were really close when I was younger. I'm not going to speak for anybody else. I'm going to speak for me. Um, this is my experience with my father. Um, I'm not going to speak about my siblings. So I'm going to talk to about talk to you guys about my personal experience with um, with the grieving process for me. And so when I was younger, I was really close to my dad. And as we grew up, um, him and my mother separated about when she, I was 16 years old. And so he left. My mom went her way. She went his. Um, and it was very like a hard time for me because I was like, such a daddy's girl growing up. Um, I thought my dad, you know, my dad was my hero. We hung out together. We I remember vividly just taking walks with him and him showing me, you know, the world. The crazy thing one time before I even get into uh, this topic and about how I feel and where I'm at right now mentally and physically, I just want to give you guys just a little history on the relationship I had with my dad uh, growing up in the Bahamas I remember my dad would take me one time I think I was like seven or eight he took me out and it's like it was a Saturday we had like the father's daughter's time out where he took me to like the courthouse to show it was his way of teaching me different life lessons as far as telling me I mean I wasn't allowed to be in the courthouse but my dad was fearless he didn't care he was like I'm gonna take you here I'm gonna let you know that this is where you don't want to end up. This is where the bad guys end up, okay? Um, you see that guy in a handcuff? We don't know what he did, but this is where bad guys end up. And, you know, some people come here for, you know, legal reasons and legal issues and stuff like that. But the majority of people usually come in here if they're in trouble. And he was like, you don't want to be one of those people that come in here because you've stolen something or killed someone. So that was one of his lessons. And the other lesson he would teach me is, like, he took me to a funeral home. At eight years old or seven years old, he took me to a funeral home. And I'm like, Dad, what are we doing here? And this was all in the islands. And he was like, I just want to show you something. He was like, this is where I will end up one day. 
and this is where we all will end up one day he was like a funeral he was like uh, um this is a place where you know the deceased live, are, are, are here momentarily until they put them in the grave and i'm like looking at him like could you let me picture a seven-year-old trying to understand what her father is saying about death it was like i don't understand what this guy is telling me here and then so he was talking about how one day this is where he's gonna be and one day he's gonna pass and one day i'm gonna pass and he's trying to tell me that make sure i live my life to the fullest make sure i do what it is that i want to do make sure i do what it is that makes me happy and not worry about what other people think or what other people say because at the end of the day this is where we all end up and he was like you see that guy over there because i remember vividly talking about i remember this older guy he was like laying in a, in a casket gray hair bald headed he looked like he was tall and um he had this like cup under his neck i guess like golden like cup kind of like what the egyptians have under their neck when they're buried um he put it under his the, the thing was under the guy's neck and holding his neck up and he was like you see this guy right here you don't know what he was or who he was or how important he is he might be somebody really important or not but the uh, the thing um the lesson i want you to get out of this is that this is where everybody goes like we all end up here so live your life um the best way you know how live your life um as abundantly as you can and try to live with as little regret as possible i mean those are the lessons that i learned at such a young age and i didn't understand what he was telling me at that time i was just like what is this guy saying i don't know i'm hungry i want some ice cream daddy where's the ice cream i need some ice cream you know not thinking about like this is the lesson that will carry me on throughout my adult life and so if, the, if you can I picture that, that's the kind of relationship I have with my dad, you know, where I would like dance with him. I remember like going on his feet, dancing with him to music and just watching him play dominoes and all this stuff, you know. So I'm like, wow, this was my hero. And so you can, you can imagine my frustration and pain when at 16, he was like, he exited my life. And I was like, what just happened? Like, did, you, did, did everything we went through meant nothing? Like, what just happened? So that built up a lot of anger and frustration in me. I was so disappointed. I hated men. I hated boys. I thought they all were the same at that time. And so I, I had a lot of anger brewing up in me. It wasn't until I got older, like in my 20s, where I realized that, okay, this has to stop. And I even stopped talking to him for like five years because I was so mad at him. And I'm like, this has to stop. Like, what does this solve? And every time I saw him, I didn't say anything to him because I was just pissed, you know? And you recognize it was my father, but at the same time, I was just like pissed. Like, how could you? How dare you do this to me, to us? Um, So in my 20s, I was like, you know what? Forget it. I can't live my life like this. So I forgave him. Um, and I started talking to him again. I reached out to him. And my father's the kind of person that was like, if you don't talk to him, like he was fine with it. He was like, whatever. Um, you know, he was like one of those people that were like, well, whenever you're ready, you know where to find me kind of thing, you know? And so I reached out to him, we talked and then we built our relationship from there. And, um, you know, I would help him out when I could, uh, take him to the doctor, that sort of thing. And so, um, just watching him go through his transition process for eight months after he had his stroke, um, last year was, wow, it was it was something I don't think I'll ever forget, you know. Um, just watching a life being taken away 
really makes you appreciate your life so much more. So much more. When you watch somebody slowly transition, like you know there's nothing the doctors can do, there's nothing the nurses can do, like this person is leaving earth. And you just know it's a matter of time before they exit. It just makes, it just, it totally rocked my world. But it made me appreciate people in my life so much more. And one of the things that I do when I'm confused and when I'm trying to figure out, Lord, what's the lesson I'm supposed to learn here? And that's one of the questions I ask myself a lot when I'm, going through something I'm like Lord what is it I'm what is the lesson here whether it's a lesson with my kids with my marriage with my husband my mom whatever I'm just like what is the lesson what am I supposed to learn in this moment right now because it's tough and I want to give up God but what do you want me to learn here and I turn to books books are like they're therapy for me books are what taught me what I know books and people and videos and thank you YouTube and thank you motivational speakers like Les Brown and Brian Tracy and motivational speakers like Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, uh, those people. Mylique Teal, one of my favorite podcasters. Um, my other one is Lisa Nicole Bell. She's one of my other favorite podcasters. Those people and my husband, of course, um, and my mom and my siblings. Those are the people that I turn to when I'm trying to like make sure I hang on. And one book that I read that really help me I went on Amazon I remember um scrolling through Amazon trying to find a book that dealt with grieving especially particularly the death of a father and I stumble upon a book by Harold Ivan Smith if you dig into my archives I mentioned this before I, I think it's the podcast that's titled Hello Grief which is what um is where I talked about I'm finding this book by Harold Ivan Smith titled On Grieving the Death of a Father. And wow, um, just the way he wrote this book, so beautifully written, so heartfelt. I can relate to him in so many levels. And also just talking about God and how his faith got him through it. It was just remarkable. And it was just the um, cure that I needed at the time, you know. And one of the takeaways I got from reading this book was actually not even in the chapters um it was actually in the introduction the whole book itself is awesome except for i'm not particularly too fond of um there's parts in there where he'll talk about famous people that lost their father like george bush um people like you know michelangelo people like peter Kraft, and that sort of thing so he gives you a tidbits of people that lost their father um, people like Dwight Eisenhower. So it was really interesting to hear those people's stories and how they dealt with it. And But one of the things that I got from this book was, he, he wrote, and I quote, he said, make no mistake about it. The death of a father causes a very significant wound. Some of us tend the wound, some of us ignore it. But surprisingly, the wound is not that our father died and by his death, our world is forever altered or changed. No, the wound is that the world around us acknowledged the death of one for one brief moment and then skipped merely on its way. The death of our father, an event 
of such consequence to us. And yet soon, too soon, even those near and dear to us forgot. They stopped saying, sorry to hear about your dad, or how's your mom adjusting? Or especially, how's it going with you? The wound of apathy, of indifference, that's the truly significant wound. Now, at the same time we struggle with the wound, we also face a new dilemma. Thomas More acknowledged the dilemma in Soulmates. Quoted, death doesn't erase a relationship. It simply places it in a different context. Yes, but what context? That's the dilemma we face now. What is the father-child relationship now? Perhaps you, like me, learn the new learn the nuisance of the commandment honor your father and mother early in life but but what honor quote-unquote meant when our fathers were alive is quite different from what it means now now we have new ways to honor our father and his memory for example we keep we can keep his picture within sight visit his grave remember his birth date or death date Give a church a charitable gift in his memory. Treasure the gifts he gave us or the objects he left us. Share some of his personal items with our children or other close family members. Tell stories about his life and retell the stories he told. Drop a line to his old friends, co-workers, or alumni paper. Assemble a scrapbook of pictures and activities he found meaningful. Remember his personal laugh, his sigh, his smell, his mannerism, his strength, his very being him remembrance of a father after these moments catch the griever by surprise and he said recently i noticed my father's watch in a dark corner of my safety deposit box its presence there exemplified the great value i had assigned it as i turned the watch in my hand i remember my father's commitment on to being on time always if not early and uh, that's one of the lines I can relate to because that's how my father was. You know, my father was a stickler for being on time. He, and I think that's probably where I get it from. My mother is sort of like that too. She loves to be on time. So I think I got that from him. But just, you know, just reading this book was like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Somebody understands. Somebody can relate to me. And you know, when you're going through that period of grieving, you don't think about like, other people that you know that maybe went through it or whatever you just think about yourself because you're like like wow is this really happening how do I deal with this feeling right here right now and that's one of the things I had to learn but one of the things I did one of the stages of grieving is acceptance and you know I think some of it's like denial anger betrayal whatever but and I think acceptance is also another one Um, but what helped me is that I had to first learn to accept his death. Like it still hits me now uh, that he's not here, but I've made peace with knowing that the death is part of life and that everything has a cause and effects, you know, because first we are born and then we die. First we love, then we hate, we laugh, we cry, etc. You know, everything has a opposite. So I think accepting the fact that, wow, he is no longer suffering. He is healed um, you know, he lived the best life he could. He was happy most of the time when I saw him. Um, you know, he brought a lot of good memories. 
So I'm thankful for that, you know. I have accepted that, you know. And I even remember, like, why he was going through the, the sickness and why I just saw him not being able to speak. And I would put my ears to his to his mouth. And, and I'm like, Dad, what did you say? And he would be like, Alice. You know, he would try to talk and say my name. And I was like, wow. Like, the, the father that I knew was just like this flamboyant, happy, loud, in-your-face bigger than the room kind of presence kind of man you know he was like here I am and like his laugh was contagious and it just goes to show you the things that we like I'm telling you people if there is somebody in your life that you have a problem with whether it be your mother your sister your sibling whatever um it is so important for us to learn how to forgive because you don't know how much time like this person has on earth and so that's why i don't like sweat the petty stuff i don't sweat the gossip i don't sweat the he or she say she say because i'm not concerned with that i'm concerned with living my life to the fullest as far as making sure that my kids know me i, I don't want my kids just to know that oh i'm their mom and um i'm here with them all the time and i'm doing things for them i want to have a personal relationship with my children to the fact to the point where they know who i am they know what i stood for and they know what i believed in and i want to take the time to get to know them and their personalities and let them know that it's okay to be human. It's okay. Like you're, and I'm, I tell my son sometimes, he's nine. I'm like, you know, I tell him, like, you're going to make mistakes, son. Like, it's going to happen. You're going to hurt. You're going to disappoint a lot of people. You're going to disappoint yourself. People are going to disappoint you. Like, it's all part of the circle of life. But you will get through it. Because as long as, my, you know, you have your dad and myself and your family by your side, like, you're going to get through it. And I'm determined to make sure that my kids know it's okay not to it's okay for them not to try to live this perfect this perfect world or or be on this perfect pedestal because none of us are that you know so why should we put expectation on our children to be this perfect little human being when we ourselves are not that and so i try to be as real and as honest as i can with my children um like my parents were to me my mom wow she's definitely an advocate for telling you the truth you know she'll she'll make sure you understand that um you know she my mom is like very straightforward straight to the point there's no black and gray with her. You don't have to worry about what she's thinking. And I love her for that because her truth has really like helped me a lot because it's put things into perspective for me. Another point I want to make, um, this won't be such a long, long podcast today, but I just wanted to let you guys know um, where I'm at right now um, with this process. Um, I had like some crazy dreams about my dad the first two weeks after his burial. Like I dreamed about him a lot. It was like, like what is going on so people you know some people say dreams are some uh maybe ways of people trying to talk to you or dreams are ways of god trying to send you certain messages and but yeah i kept dreaming about him and i would wake up in the middle of the night and i would write down what i remembered and some of them i would even record like that's one of the ways that helped me with um <laughs> the process but after that full two weeks i didn't dream about him anymore till this day you know i still don't but it was just very like why am i dreaming about him like you know what what's going on um so that happened but if if that happens to you um i say it would be best to just write them down writing for me is a good way to remember and review things and you know so i did that it wasn't matter if it was like three four in the morning one in the morning midnight i would just wake up and i would just write down what i saw as much as I could remember because we can't really 100% remember everything in our dreams but uh, we can remember a few things so I did that and also um 
it was hard for me the first time I visited his grave. I really wanted to go to his graveyard like the day after they buried him. He was buried on a Saturday, and I wanted to go there on a Sunday. And I realized, now, Alice, don't do it. Like, it's too soon. It's too soon. And then I'm like, like, who says? Like, who makes up these rules? Like, why can't I? You know, it's sort of like me talking to myself, trying to convince myself not to do something and trying to find excuses why I didn't want to do it. Um, so I want, like, I wanted to visit him right after that. And then I was like, and it was crazy because like part of me, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but part of me wanted to stay there with him. It was almost like, I can't, like something was telling me like, I can't leave him by himself. Like it didn't register. It's crazy. Like it didn't seem to register to me that he had passed away. I think the wound was just so fresh. And I was like. Like, I felt like he was at the nursing home and that he needed somebody to be there to watch him in case people weren't doing their job, which is what we were doing basically for like eight months, you know, checking on my dad, making sure that the nurses were doing their job and making sure people were doing what they said they were going to do, talking to the doctors, having meetings with the nurses, just making sure things were done. And so I think doing that for eight months, I was in such a routine that after he was buried, I was like, I need to go to the graveyard to be there with him and make sure he's okay. And I was like, whoa, Alice, wait a minute. I didn't tell anybody about this. I didn't tell my husband or nothing. But I thought about it and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, why do I want to go and visit a deceased at the grave and stay with him? That's the kind of mentality I was at, you know, because it just, it didn't register for me that he was really gone. And then I had to come back and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's not alive. He's not alive anymore. He, Alice, he's not alive anymore. He's gone. And you know, just like making peace with those moments was like, whoa, it hit me. Like, he's really not here. Is he really not? Is this really happening? You know how you question and you talk to yourself? That's what I was doing. I was like, wait a minute. I'm not crazy like okay and I prayed and I'm like Lord don't let me go crazy like God don't let me go crazy and I'm so happy till this day like he's keeping me because I know some people that experience death and they just can't take it anymore and they go through these phases where people think they're crazy but it's just them trying to hash out their feelings and not knowing what to do with what they're feeling and they express it differently because you know everybody experiences and deals with death differently and everybody grieves differently so you can't just really judge anybody on the way they grieve is probably best just to support them in whatever area they ask you to support them in you know I'm very respectful of people when it comes to them uh, dealing with the grieving process because now that I've experienced it for myself and still experiencing it I'm very respectful of the fact and I'm like hey if you need me I'm here I'm not very like you know, push you to do anything unless, unless they call me to. So that's one of the things that I was like, it was just crazy. And I'm like, man, it's just crazy that I'm visiting my dad in this graveyard more than I visited him in real life. Like when he was alive, I didn't see him as much. No lie. I've seen my dad more times in the graveyard than I have when he was on earth. It was just crazy. And I'm like, so that tells me that, you know what? Like I said before, people, whatever issues you have with somebody, fix it, get it together. Life is too short. The time is ticking. Cause you know what? Time waits for no man. I don't care who you are, what do you do for a living, what status you have, what kind of money you have, what kind of money you don't have. Like time waits for no one. So it's up to you 
to fix whatever issue that needs to be fixed and move on with your life. And so all 